It's been almost one year since FTX collapsed and created a horrific ripple effect in the crypto industry. Sam Bankman-Fried and Chengpeng Zhao have become key players in this incident, and a new podcast goes behind the scenes to tell about exactly what took place. With SBF's trial ramping up as we speak, we're pleased to welcome Tom Wright, one of the creators of the new Crypto Kingpins podcast to the show, to share some insights. So let's go ahead and get into it today on our episode number 697 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Again, it's the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and crypto serious. We had a week off because I was traveling on France, <laughs> and Travis was keynoting at a crypto event in Manila. He was the thriller in Manila. And how was it, Trav? I tell you what, you know, I think I maybe made a quote of this before. Somebody said, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And I do think in Puerto Rico, sometimes it's like, you know, the, the, the natives tolerate. They don't really like the gringos, but they tolerate them. And then there's some people that will throw hate. So, but in the Philippines, oh my God, they are so open and welcome and kind. And like, hello, sir, how can I help you, sir? Like just most lovable people probably that I've ever encountered in the world. Thailand, the same, very nice people. Not a lot of crime in these places. I think maybe that the Buddhist nature of that, and they're like, oh, you know, and uh, it was so nice, very nice. And um, the keynote was was great. They had me kick off the whole conference. So the founder came up, Don, uh, Dr. Donald Lim, he came up, did a little thing. And then, boom, they had me kick off the keynote. And uh, I don't know, I think it was one of the better ones I've, that I've done. I think it'll be up on YouTube here shortly, and we'll share the link when that comes available. I had a few people come up and tell me it was one of the best keynotes they've ever seen. So I was like, ah, you've not seen very many keynotes. <laughs> Perfect answer. Well, uh, I'm sure you did a fantastic job and represented the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. So, you know, it's hard to believe that it's been a year since the dominoes started falling. You know, Luna was first, then then FTX and Three Arrows and then Celsius. And it's just been is going to be a bear market anyway. Boy, the downward pressure exerted by these, you know, horrible uh, black swan incidents have made it a really, really bad bear market. And of course, uh, sure. we've been here with you guys throughout it all. We've not abandoned you. We've not turned yeah. into bears. It's like it was like a kick to the ass, a nudge, an elbow to your face, and then a kick to the crotch. Yeah. And here we are. And uh, the bear market's here. Be we fun. are. Here we are. We're doing okay. It's fun. Crypto it's goes great. up. Crypto goes down. Or as our next guest would say, uh, number go up. He mentioned that book mm. right there. So we're gonna have a great conversation here with um, maybe my long lost relative Tom Wright, uh, who's been doing, who's an investigative journalist, gonna talk about what happened with uh, with uh, FTX and SBF and CZ and. He's got his own podcast uh, around that, multiple topics or multiple episodes. So you're going to want to tune in. This is a pretty good interview, Mr. Jolcom. I think so. Let's let the people decide as they listen now. 
unless you're living under a rock, you have heard the names Sam Bankman-Fried and Chengpeng Zhao or CZ of Binance. And you've heard about the fall of FTX. Well, Sam Bankman-Fried's big trial for uh, basically making off with countless billions of dollars uh, yeah. is coming up shortly. And Scam have, bank man fraud, right? The way <laughs> that's the guy. Yeah. We have a, uh, a guy with us today who is the co-founder of Project Brazen, a journalism-focused content studio. He's a New York Times bestselling author and Pulitzer finalist, and his name is quite similar to uh, Travis Wright's. His name We're is talking Tom about two T Wright's here today. There's two TWs here today, <laughs> and uh, Tom, welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, tell us, uh, just kind of give us a little more meat on the bones of your background and um, how that led you to this new podcast called Crypto Kingpins. Well, I was at the Wall Street Journal uh, for about 20 years, Dow Jones and the Wall Street Journal uh, in 2019 after writing a book called Billion Dollar Whale, uh, which is about the 1MDB scandal. That's the scandal where a bunch of money was taken out of a sovereign wealth fund in Asia and used to make films like The Wolf of Wall Street and, and for all these guys to party on this fraudster Jolo's uh, tab, including people like, you know, Paris Hilton and, and um, you know, big actors, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and others. Um, and then uh, the guy who I wrote the book with, Bradley Hope, and I quit the journal and set up this company, Project Brazen. And what we do is we we make podcasts and we also write magazine articles and other things, books as well, that we we use as the basis for adaptation into TV and film. So that's that's Project Brazen. That's a business. And our latest podcast is Crypto Kingpins, which we've done in conjunction with USG Audio, which is Universal's audio arm. Um, and that just started started rolling out uh, last week, and episodes are, are running weekly on Tuesdays. And it's about the the, the huge rivalry between Changpeng Zhao, who you mentioned, of Binance, and Sam Bankman-Fried of of FTX, and how that rivalry played out, and how it led to the downfall of of SVF. And we and based on exclusive access to CZ himself. There was some interesting stuff that was going down with that. A lot of personality clashes, and then just like. Oh, CZ is going to come in and save the day. Oh, no, he's not because it, it looked like, you know, <clears throat> he got some, he got, he, he was feeling the heebie-jeebies. He was looking at some stuff and going, whoa, we better get rid of all of my FTT because this ain't working. And so this is great. We're talking about some of the big crypto frauds, right? That's what you've done. You know, uh, actually, since Joel and I have, have not done this show as regularly here the last couple weeks because of travel, um, a, a, a documentary just came out about Ruja Ignatova called The Crypto Queen on 2B TV. And I was in there talking about that. So I'm featured on that. So it's like, it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on right now. And I'll put that in the show notes uh, if you guys want to watch the Crypto Queen documentary. But this is fascinating. There's so many bad actors in crypto. Hopefully we can get past this and only the good people remain in crypto. The fraudsters are kicked out. Hopefully all the good people haven't left and are chasing dreams in AI now. So hopefully there's still some good foundations here in the crypto space. <laughs> well, we, 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 we got into this podcast because I'm based here in Singapore. Um, and for a long time, CZ was based here. Um, and what he was hoping to do was get a license from the Singapore government. I mean, a lot of people were here. Do Kwan of, of Terra Luna was here. Carl Davis was here. Um, the, the, the Three Arrows guys were here. 
their their yacht uh, much wow that they bought i think was supposed mm. to be in the, supposed to be in the marina here but never never made it um as you said a lot of people getting washed out of the the system but anyway i got to know cz um because he was living down in this area called sentosa cove which is a lot like miami you know it's big mansions with with a marina um and at that time now a lot of what a lot of people do know about is what happened last november which you just alluded to which is when CZ decided to sell his his tokens and and that caused a, a world of pain for Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX, right? But what people um, don't really understand is the degree to which CZ and SBF had, had interacted over time. People know that that the Binance was one of the big first investors in FTX back in in the early days. Uh, they took a twenty five million stake for for twenty percent of the, uh, of FTX. But Sam really looked up to um, CZ. Um, obviously, CZ and Binance go back to 2017, and and uh, Sam didn't set up FTX until a couple of years later. And and you know we we show in the podcast how CZ first met Sam when Sam invited him to this party in an aquarium in Singapore um, in 2019. And he was just he was just a trader, one of many traders. I don't think he was a VIP trader, but just a trader nonetheless on Binance. And so that's really when the story begins, and that's how we start the podcast by showing. The, the that relationship and how it evolves and how and then all of the stuff in between that initial meeting and then what happened last november which was the what we call the kill shot so he kind of went from being a traitor to becoming a traitor we want to talk about some of that political stuff that he did down the road which was really crazy you know it's like you look at some of this stuff joel and i go man like anybody else was doing some of this stuff if they hadn't have donated so much money to the political parties like they would have like there's no way that you get taken out of a Bahamas prison and then immediately brought to America and then released on a first class flight to fly back home to go be with your mommy and daddy if you've done this amount of fraud, right? So there's like, there's some crazy, there is so many different nuances to this story. I can't wait to, to get into this with you. This is fascinating. Well, well the, most, the most amazing thing about that is he was released on a $250 million bail, which was, <laughs> I think, the biggest ever bail in American pre-trial history. But, but was it really? It wasn't really. Like, well, they didn't their house, pay that. No, their house is not worth $250 million. Yeah. I didn't quite understand that. It was backed by their house, but that was the... I think they judged him a very low flight risk based did on they, how, did well, they think how, that how recognizable be, he is. Yeah, <laughs> did they think that house would be a collector's item someday or something? Where future value uh, of this home. Yeah, that's crazy. So uh, do this for us. Uh, when everything went down, kind of set the stage for what happened that day when this story broke how much money were we actually talking about how many people were impacted and just how far did the ripples extend well on the on, on i think it's november the second is when this this coindesk article comes out which basically says look the the, the alameda which was sam's hedge fund ftx's hedge fund its financial uh, situation isn't all that it all that it looks like because some somebody inside the company leaked these documents to, to CoinDesk, um, and they showed that that they were heavily reliant on FTT tokens, which were the which were basically a cryptocurrency that Sam had made up um, and bought himself to 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 prop up the value. And then if you took those out, they were about almost a half of the total assets of, of the hedge fund. And so at that point, CZ is is pacing in his 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 penthouse in Dubai where he he left Singapore where I got to know him and he moved to Dubai 
and he, he, you know, he's talking to his finance department and they realize, well, they've got $500 million of these, uh, of these tokens. Um, and the reason they had so many FTX tokens was because, as I said, he'd, be, he'd been an early supporter of Sam um, and had invested in his business. And then Sam had started to badmouth him. In, uh, Sam had gotten too big, big for his breaches and wanted to sort of overtake CZ. Um, and so it became this, this, this struggle between these two companies, Binance and FTX. And um, he's, in the end, he decided to sell out of the business and was paid in these, uh, by Sam in these FTT tokens. So when everyone realized that they were so dependent on these tokens, that, that Alameda was so dependent on these tokens, CZ had a lot of them. And so he was able to go out and sell. That, that part of the story is very well known. I think you know, people have, have gone over that and him selling the tokens. But, but like I said, the part that's less well known is just how, you know, CZ says he didn't see Sam as a rival. Um, you know, Sam, like FTX was only a tenth, uh, sorry, yeah, Sam's company FTX was only a tenth of the size of, of Binance in terms of, of numbers of users. Um, but Sam was doing a lot of damage to Binance because both of them wanted to come into the US. Both of them wanted to set up US businesses regulated by the CFTC and the SEC. And Sam was trying to be the first mover in that business and and one way he thought he could become more powerful and better placed in the us was to really shit on on um on cz calling him a chinese spy you know he was a chinese canadian you know he's not he's not a he's not a chinese citizen but he called him a chinese spy that he was a money launderer that he was involved in, he was trying to sell stories about him being a terrorism uh, you know uh, using the platform for terrorism uh, money laundering all that kind of stuff so that's that's really the the, the the whole background to this story that makes it so fascinating. So that's what's so weird about that whole scenario is because all the time, you know, uh, SBF was working with Gary Gensler. They're working on creating the regulations for the crypto space. Now, that to me is one of the biggest pieces of news because obviously there's going to be preferential treatment on that. When you're working with the head of the SEC and then the head of the SEC doesn't necessarily like most crypto projects, actually has never... Gary Gensler has never actually owned any crypto, he said, right? And so here he is trying to, to, to you know, create the reg regulations around this, working with SBF. So there's a lot of sort of, it's kind of, in, that, that sort of thing seemed incestual when it comes to trying to create regulations when there's so much bias going on. And so- Well, one thing that, what, one thing that um, you know, Sam tried to do was, he, he he thought a very quick. So we we talked to in the podcast. We talked to Anthony Scaramucci, the Mooch, mm. you know, who used to be yeah, yeah. Trump's communications director for about just over a week. Fourteen he, minutes. I think it was fourteen, 14 minutes. minutes. Um, so so uh, Scaramucci is really interesting in the podcast because he actually makes a connection bet between Sam and the, the the founder of Ledger X, which was obviously a crypto derivative company that that had gotten a license from the CFTC to to trade crypto derivatives. Now, why was FTX and, and Binance, for that matter, so successful? Well, because they were based in Hong Kong. We have a whole episode coming out uh, this week when this comes out uh, tomorrow, actually Tuesday. Um, sorry, what days is I should say, ask what days this is airing on Wednesday? So it'll be yesterday uh, when your when your listeners are listening to this. But this episode talks about Hong Kong and how important Hong Kong was for for FTX. That's where Sam Bankman-Fried moves to uh, when he leaves Berkeley, and you know. CZ was in was in China. Then he was in Singapore for a while. It was really good to be in Asia because these you didn't have this regulation, so you could do 100x betting. Um, there wasn't as much meddling from regulators. 
Um, but when they decided, look, we need to we need to get into the U.S. U.S. is a market you can't ignore in terms of the power of of investors um, and traders. Um, he tried to, Sam bought Ledger X thinking, oh, you know, this is a great way to, to kickstart my business in the U.S. And, and, and Scaramucci helped make that connection. And then he hired people from who had worked commit the former commissioner of the CFTC or the deputy commissioner of the CFTC, Mark Wedgen, went to work for, for FTX and all of that. Binance did some of the same stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people were doing revolving door hires out of out of the out of the U.S. agencies. Um, but then again, like I said, this is when Sam really starts to start to badmouth CZ in America, in Congress, with media. You know, we have reporting that, you know, he, he tried to sell these kind of stories about CZ to the to uh, the U.S. media, some of the crypto media as well. Um, so that's the whole the whole U.S. Uh, angle in this is fascinating. I'm curious, how do you think this ends? What's going to happen in the trial? Uh, I guess specifically, what are the counts that uh, that he's being held uh, to trial for? And how do you think this ends, not just with SBF, but, you know, Binance is under investigation as well. And how's this going to flesh out? Well, he's facing, uh, Sam is facing seven charges, uh, seven felony counts. It was eight. They dropped one. They dropped a... Um, legal political donations count um you know that's all the and the reason they did that they're saying is was only technical it's because when he was arrested in the bahamas they the bahamas complained that he wasn't arrested on on the political donation count so that one was dropped donations um, and to the uh, donations to the democrat party those donations democrat democrat republicans i think he was pretty ecumenical in how he donated um uh yeah i mean we have we have someone who worked with him at jane street saying the thing about sam was he was never very political um, he, he didn't care. He always just talked about being rational. You know, this whole he just wanted caring. to buy whoever he could. That was, yeah. you know, yeah. it seems like his parents were very political, though. I mean, if you're looking at oh, the mind gap, yeah, right. And you're looking at Papa over there, like, and how they were. There was some stuff popping out about this that's really peculiar. The, some of the background about his father and some of the stuff that he was doing. I don't have that data in front of me to, to recollect exactly what was going on, but there was something about a week ago that came out about his dad kind of there was there was something connected to some sort of shell company that was going on i don't recall all the details around it but something it just well money thing, laundering think, is was big on that it looked the, like, the right? thing the thing that i saw was it is his father wasn't happy with his two hundred thousand dollars salary he wanted a, he wanted a much bigger salary when he was he was helping with the um the ftx's donation arm but but um yeah i mean he as i said sam donated uh, pretty across the across the aisle because you know he just wanted to make sure he covered all of his bases. His obviously his mom's known for for working uh, for a super PAC that donates to the Democrats, but I don't think Sam was politically one party minded. It was all about, to my mind, trying to you know he he had a hole at his company, which was you know obviously this they they created this coding backdoor that allowed them to take customer money and use it to do a lot of things, including trade at the hedge fund. Uh, make purchases like you know the, the naming rights for the Miami Heat's arena, um, at Super Bowl ads, all this stuff we know about that costs a lot of money. And we actually have we actually have um, CZ in the podcast saying, "Oh my God, we were watching this. We were getting offered things like Chelsea. You know, we could buy a stake in Chelsea. We can do this. We could we could get an NFL team. We could buy a newspaper." And CZ is saying, "Well, we're not going to do that. And I don't understand how Sam has so much money to do that either." So. This is, the, you know, CZ didn't even understand where Sam was getting all this cash from. So obviously Sam had, 
had, had, had built this backdoor. So going back to about the, the, what we what should we expect from the trial, I think that's really at the core of it. Was did he did he misappropriate customer funds? You know, you, you hear this word about commingling funds over and over again. It just means basically commingling just seems to be an, a euphemism for stealing the customer funds. Um, so yeah, that's 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 really at the core of the trial, and. Um, you know, we're also going to, I think they say that they're going, the, the prosecutors have said they're going to bring back in the political donations part. Um, and so I'm not sure whether we're going to see that in this, in this particular phase of the trial, but they do say they're going to, they're going to, they're going to bring that back in under the other seven charges. That's what I've read at least. So, mm. so we'll the, what, one of the questions I think is, is so interesting about how they're using customer funds, right? But then there's that, so that whole, you know, the VC arm Alameda, how funds are going from over here to over there. And then that's buying stuff, leveraged through the FTT token, right? And it's just like, it was this whole huge house of cards. And it's almost like you buy a Bitcoin and you're on FTX, chances are that Bitcoin doesn't even exist, right? And so I think it looked like there's a lot of problems, people trying to pull their stuff out. Now, Joel and I being American citizens, you can't really do that much with FTX.com, but we could do a little bit with FTX.us, but that doesn't seem, and it seemed like they were set up separately so when FTX, when FTX kind of collapsed and SBF is kind of at the top of this, are we seeing all of those people, are, are, are all of those people getting charged? Right? People who ran Alameda, like his girlfriend over there on Alameda, FTX, yeah. his CTO, his COO, like a lot of these people were doing things that looked like they were not completely above board. Well, it's completely no documentation on most of it. The thing, the thing that makes it so difficult for Sam is that um, a lot of his his coworkers have have flipped and, and have pleaded guilty. Um, Caroline Ellison, who who he made co CEO of of Alameda, basically to throw her under the bus, in my estimation, um, you know, and 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 he's been reprimanded by the judge for leaking her diaries to the New York Times ahead of the trial and put back in jail, and that's all to do with the fact that. That you know, uh, well, the prosecutors allege that's because he's trying to paint her as a jilted lover, and that she did all these kind of things at Alameda uh, that he didn't know about, and that's that seems to be one plank of his defense. Um, yeah, and then the co-founder um, Gary Wang and Nishat, Nishat Singh, who was the chief engineer who also helped code the the, uh, the this this backdoor to steal or take customer funds, they've all pleaded guilty, and so. That makes the prosecutor's case pretty strong. Um, you know, we'll have to see what happens in the trial. One thing I'm really interested to see is what to what extent this was a pyramid scheme from the from day one. You know, because Alameda back when he was doing this out of a Berkeley walk-up, when it was a, you know, it was basically just a crypto hedge fund that, that Sam Sam came out of a company called Jane Street on Wall Street, quit, set up this this hedge fund in Berkeley, and they were offering people fifteen percent returns. So you know. We have people on the podcast saying, "Well, look, this was a, this was a Ponzi from day one because those kind of returns aren't risk free, like you, they were advertised." And you know, old money, new money pays old money in pyramid schemes, and and that's kind of what happened. And then they were taking money out of out of the the FTX exchange and using it for, to do risky trades at the hedge fund later on. And this stuff just 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 uh, snowballed. Uh, leading to a situation where when crypto prices, when the crypto winter hit last last year, you know, when all these companies went went bankrupt, like, you know, Celsius Bank, um, Voyager, um, and, and Alameda owed them all this money, then he just, the house of cards just collapsed. And that's, that was really the beginning of the end. And then CZ, CZ selling his tokens really just ex accelerated it all later on. You know, 
hindsight's such a beautiful thing. We look back to Mount Gox and go, of course, you know, when this is a, a nascent technology, somebody's going to hack, you know, an exchange. And we look back at this and go, of course, you know, in the, the beginning of early adoption of crypto, there's going to be frauds and thieves that are part of, you know, the industry because money is there and it's flowing, you know. So you now like look back and go, of, of course, this was bound to happen. I wish I had the, the foresight to be able to go, all right, what else is bound to happen, you know, that is um, going to be a negative in the crypto space? And one of the things that, you know, many uh, people in crypto have been afraid of is what happens if Binance, you know, goes south. If, if Binance falls and boy, that's going to set back things a long way. So uh, going back to my previous question, how do you think that all pans out? Do you feel like CZ's got a handle on what he's doing and that we're not going to discover skeletons in that closet? Well, we end the podcast, you know, after having talked to CZ throughout the podcast about his relationship with Sam Bankman-Fried, you know, the last episode, episode six, which will which will air next week. And this is on Spotify and Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts, basically. Um, you know, we, we turn to CZ's own problems. And like you said, he's been charged with, a thir- I think, facing 13 charges from the SEC. Um He's not yet facing criminal charges from the Department of Justice, um, you know. So there's no, we don't have any indication that that's happening. Though well, he has been, Binance has been under investigation, um, I think, for a few years but, uh, for money laundering and other allegations, but never been charged. So, um, yeah, that's it. Crypto kingpins. Crypto kingpins. Project okay. Brazen and USG Audio. Um, yeah. So uh, he he's in a difficult situation for sure. You know, facing. Um, this this SEC lawsuit and they're challenging it. They've challenged it in court and uh, they're fighting back at the moment. So everyone's watching to see what happens there. <clears throat> There's also other, um, you know, I've got a, a very good friend, Zeke Fox, whose great book, Number Go Up, has just come out. If, if you haven't read that, that's a great book about crypto, Number Go Up. Um, it's it's really focused huh. number on... Number Go Up, Number Go Down. Yeah. Number go back up. Number go back. Down. It's a great title. It's a great title. I love it. It's a great. It's a. It's a great book. It's a really great book. It's a. It's a great crypto book. It's. It. It started off. Uh, Zeke was. He, he's a re- investigative reporter at Bloomberg Business Week, and it started off with him looking into Tether. Um, and so he starts looking into Tether. Obviously, a stable coin um, founded by a former plastic surgeon and a former child actor and banked by the guy who came up with Inspector Gadget in, in the Caribbean. So it's got this it's got this amazing story. And, you know, they were fined, I think, by the uh, New York Attorney General's office. But no, no one's ever really, no, no one's uh, ever criminally indicted anyone at Tether. So they, they so what happens to Tether in the future is also fascinating. Um, you know, Binance, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of companies still out there. But, you know, we, but a lot of companies failed in the in the in the last you know year. You know, from Three Arrows to Celsius to Voyager. I mean, Celsius founder has uh, has mm-hmm. been arrested recently. So and we yeah. didn't, by the way, inv- advise any of those. So if companies yeah. want, we should advise. We advise the good ones, which is good. Yeah. I, well, I have a question. He was on the show, though. He was on the show, but we didn't advise them. I do have a question about this. Is because when the crypto bull markets go in full steam, like everyone's a genius. Everything you touch turns to gold. But if you don't get out in time, it seems like it collapses. It does it every, you know, four-year cycle, three to four years. You're on this, uh, uh, number go up, number go down. So do you think how much of this, in your personal opinion, 
do you think was conscientious fraud versus inexperienced plus ego? Well, I should just say I'm no crypto expert. I'm a I'm a investigative journalist. Um, mm -hmm. Know a lot about white collar crime, um, and I guess I do know a little bit about the psychology. And I, in Singapore, there's a lot of people invested in crypto that I know personally know, and I think it's just this not giving into fud, you know, and and being a true believer and then not wanting to miss out. And so, so many people just get uh, dragged into it because they don't want to miss out. And if you look at what Sam, if you look at Sam now, if you look back, I spent a lot of time listening to his archival tape, you know, other podcast interviews he gave or news interviews or whatever it is. And he even, it's quite easy to see that there's some element, something wrong in the way he talks about things. For example, in one podcast, he talks about how when Alameda was set up, um, they called it Alameda Research to make it look like a research institute, not like a, um, a crypto company, because nobody yeah. would give them a bank account. And my America. God, Alameda Research, to me, sounds like a company that's 50 years old. It doesn't sound exactly. like a new and, 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 and he, he admits and he admits in real time that's what he was doing on purpose so he could mm. get back and then and then he then he then he tells people in real time not not this is not like since he got arrested this is in real time um i you know we we allowed uh, customers for ftx to use alameda's bank accounts to get the money to the exchange because banks in the us wouldn't allow us to a, a crypto exchange to have a bank account in the us he admits that on on a podcast that's one of the charges against him that he's mm. one of the seven felony counts he's facing and so he's pleaded not guilty to that let's be very clear he's pleaded not guilty to all seven charges but he's on tape saying you know in the past saying things like well we of course we used ftx's bank account we used alameda's bank accounts to move u.s customer money because banks wouldn't open an account for us so it's 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 a lot of red flags but people don't want to see red flags when crazy a lot of money there's a lot of money to be made you know i want to see are green flags be, are there going to be cameras exactly in the trial are we going to be able to witness this i don't think so no and I mean, there'll probably be no recordings either you normally get those artist sketches this is a um southern district of new york i think so yeah um, so yeah. why do they do that but then whenever trump has a lawsuit they're gonna they're gonna live stream that on every platform possible and everybody can have their phone it doesn't matter like all that's out of the way. oh no no it's it's totally cool we'll totally uh, it's just weird let's like, just let's assume have some balanced let's have some balanced you know doj stuff going on Let's assume that's a rhetorical question because we know right, why. Um, yeah. How long do you think the trial is going to go on for? And is it a is it a jury trial or is it a, a judge? Uh, yes, a jury trial, I believe. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure how long it's going to go on for, but these things take um, these things normally take a long time. Um, arguments, counter arguments, and yeah, they normally roll on for for months and months. So we're not how don't expect any, don't don't expect anything on um, you know next week when this, that's just the uh, opening the opening salvo how much time do you think he's gonna do what are they what's gonna be handed down well i have no idea but he was the initially when he was facing more charges than these seven that he's that, that, that are going to trial uh next week he was facing a hundred and something years mm -hmm. uh you know cumulative um sentence so mm -hmm. Uh, well, lifespans are getting time. longer you know technology is moving forward and and he might be able to you know Man. serve yeah, sorry, I should be clear. There's no way he's, he's going to be getting those kind of life sentences for a white no crime. He's going to get those, a slap those... on his wrist is what he's going to get. But it's going to be I, like, I would think maybe he's going to get five years, 10 years maybe, that he'll be out in three years. It'll see. My guess is, is since he, he donated to the Uniparty, 
Yeah, Democrats and Republicans, but both of them really sort of work as a team when you look at logistically how it all really works. And you go, okay, so he donated to those people. So they're going to pull some strings. I mean, you, we saw, what's the name of that one the, the one crazy uh, House of Representative woman, a black lady who's in California, and she looks kind of like James Brown. And, uh, and she, was talk- she was like blowing him kisses. She's winking at him at, at whenever SBF came to Congress. And so it's like, you know that the, he's got friends in high places. And so it's going to be really interesting to see exactly how big. I think they're not going to put the hammer down on him. They're going to maybe use like that foam foam hammer that they. <laughs> A nerf hammer. Yeah, nerf hammer probably. With the... <laughs> well, I'm not, well, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that, you know, I, I'm a great believer in American uh, separation of powers. You know, I'm, I'm an yeah. English guy, but I, I think uh, your judicial system holds. And I don't think Congress are going to have any say over what happens in a in a in a white collar uh, criminal trial in new york so uh, i i don't i i respectfully disagree with you about that but yeah i think uh, I, I think, think you um, underestimate the level of corruptness in our uh, government but for real for heard real. <laughs> well yeah we, 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 hopefully we, it all but, works but, out though but 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 yeah he's i mean you know he's being held to account and it's going to be a fascinating trial you know it's 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 complex it's about it's about many different facets of of can the U.S. regulate crypto and what happens, you know, to these industries that are largely based overseas, but like sell to Americans and, and what is the reach of, of regulators and what is the security? You know, or, you know, the, the crypto industry has tried to argue these things are not securities, you know, they're, they're currencies, um, but they tokenize everything, which means, you know, they, they, you can buy stocks. You know, things it, does, it does seem to me, Tom, that like, you know, the FTT token, that's kind of like a stock. Really. It seems like that was more like a security. Binance's BNB seems more like a security. Bitcoin, not. NFT's not. But I think they kind of blur the lines whenever they're looking at it from a regulatory perspective. And it's almost like a lot of these, a lot, and Joel and I have had conversations on this a lot. It's like, you know, a lot of these um, tokens probably should be security token offerings, and actually, Apple's stock should probably be tokenized, and Google's stock should be tokenized. And it's like they could be traded and fractionalized in easy ways. There's no reason why the stock market should only be open from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And there it is; it's a worldwide market, and we should be able to change that. So, hopefully, through all of this, we can facilitate some real change and not just regulate for the sake of regulation. And throwing everybody under the bus wholesale because what happens then is all the technological innovation leaves America and America gets lost in the dust. And people, companies or countries like Singapore, you know, uh, Switzerland, Bali, some of these other places around the world, Malta that are building crypto and trying to regulate it and find the good win win will we'll continue to grow. And then America, if we're going to regulate everything, everybody's just going to leave. We're not going to deal with America. So it, that creates a problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, these crypto guys like like you know people like Arthur Hayes and Bitmex out in Hong Kong. He was a you know one our episode that, that airs this week shows how why did Sam move to Hong Kong? One reason was it wasn't regulated, and Arthur Hayes, who you know pleaded guilty and 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 did some parole time, um, was also based in Hong Kong. You know, Arthur Hayes famously had this thing called the Tangle in Taipei with Noriel Rubini, the, the the Doctor Doom, the economist who predicted the the, the financial crisis, and you know Rubini says, look. Uh, what you're doing is is, is the shitcoin industry. You're selling to non-accredited investors, the mom and pops who don't understand it. It's not just you know the traders that started out buying crypto in the early days. It's you know everyone got sucked in, 
and you're selling them this stuff. And Arthur Hayes' retort was, well, you know, I don't force anyone to buy anything. But, you know, he based his business in the Seychelles and, and, and in Hong Kong because he liked the fact that it wasn't regulated and non-accredited investors weren't really protected. So that's really the debate we're having here is like, is it okay to, to base these things offshore and not really protect uh, the less sophisticated investors? Or, you know, is that fine? And everyone's, everyone takes, takes the risk that they take when they buy crypto, they know what they're doing. And, and that's really at the core of this all. And I think the SEC and the other regulators are trying to trying to claw back some some power and to, to especially if you want to sell to Americans. Mm. Joel, I think Charles Ponzi would be proud of this whole thing. He's like, I, yes. I think so as well. It's a fascinating story. And we're going to watch this continue to unfold and, and see uh, see where it goes. Uh, Tom Wright, thanks for, for coming on today. The podcast is Crypto Kingpins. You guys can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere that quality shows are produced. And uh, what, what's your next journalistic endeavor going to be, Tom? Oh, we've got loads of things uh, going on at Brazen. We've got this show uh, called The Professor, which is a, an art heist. It's mafia and an art heist show. Um, you know, we got we got a, a bunch of things in the works. We got like a, a DEA origin story show that we're we're um, putting together, um, and then we're, we've got a bunch of our, our other podcasts that we're developing into TV shows and and films. We've got a podcast that came out a couple of years ago that's been very popular called Fat Leonard that we're developing um, as an adaptation. Um, Kurdner and the King about the Spanish royal family. We, wherever this, wherever this corruption and dirt project brazen is, is what's, there. Uh, so, yeah. What's the Project Brazen website so people can go check that out? Uh, you can go to brazen.fm. There you go. Very Thanks nice. again, Tom. Appreciate it. Thanks, T Dub. Thanks for having me. So, what you guys think? I, I think this guy's fascinating, and I hope that you go check out Crypto Kingpins. It's a six-part mini-podcast, if you will, right? Because it's a limited-run series, and he's got the answers direct from the mouth of CZ. And, uh, you know, changes happening here in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, Sir Lord, is you are getting ready to move once again. Yeah, uh, well, I'm in the process of selling the house. Once that finalizes, then, you know, as you say, nothing is anything until it's something. But the deal is with the banks. I've done the appraisal. I've approved the thing, signed the deal. Now it's just got to be finalized. And then uh, so I am beginning the packing process. And then I'll be a digital nomad around some places. I'll probably have a hub somewhere that uh, I don't want you all to know. So I'm not going to tell you where until it's all done. But You're uh, going to a Tibet and becoming a Shaolin monk, I think. I, right? I am. You know what was interesting is that when I was in Thailand, I saw monks. They have a, they, a lot of them have a vow of silence. But they don't have a vow of listening, apparently, because I saw them walking around with headphones on. Oh. So they, they don't say things, but they can lip sync, like, really good. We all live in a yellow submarine. Yeah. 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 Did you did you have a chance to see, as long as you're singing, that um, AI new Beatles song that I sent you on Instagram? Uh, I saw you sent it. I did not listen to it. It's I'm amazing. It is AI John and Paul in a completely new song that's never been heard before. Right. And you could easily easily sit, tell somebody, oh, they've discovered this Beatles track, and you mm -hmm. would not know. It's it sounds. Well, we were so using real. that. I was using that eight nine months ago. It's like I don't know how people are doing this music stuff yet. I haven't figured out that process. I've I've looked. I'm like I don't know, man. I think these are real. Uh, music engineers who know how to use the real music and they're going in and picking the tools and doing 
I don't know exactly how. I would love to figure that process out. If you figure that process out, ping us and let us know, because I have like 21 different Beatles songs that I'd like to create. Well, I think that, you know, when we figure that out, we'll just have AI Joel and AI Travis do the show and, you know, put out more content. Like, we won't even need to be here. We'll just, you know, have AI. Yeah. You know, we had that idea to do to interview people from the grave, right, and, and talk to them. But we're like, oh, no, we don't necessarily have the rights. We don't want to get in trouble. People are like, screw it. I'm making a Johnny Cash. I'm making a new Frank Sinatra. Right. They're just doing it. Like, yeah. So some people are a little more edgy to do things without permission and uh, just ask for forgiveness later. But we were trying yeah, to stay within so. the guidelines of Wawa. Well, you all are on the edge of something because you listen to the show. We appreciate you sticking with us. Episode number 700 is just around the corner. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to talk about that and figure it out, but we'll commemorate that in some way. And uh, make sure that you are subscribed and ringing bells and telling friends. And, of course, remember to stay back. Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.